This is Serious FM. Brothers, just uh, as we may have seen, there's a change on the program. Our Honorable Ustad and Amir Molana Abbas Ali Saab, who was supposed to be with us to do the zikr, but Molana has excused himself. And the reason why Molana has excused himself is also something that we can learn from our ulama and our seniors, the humility, which is also one of the great traits of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Mawlana felt that we're getting such a guest like Mawlana Ibrahim Saab, and we need to give Mawlana Ibrahim more time. Mawlana is a senior, Mawlana Abbas is a senior, but yet he's saying that we need to give Mawlana Ibrahim more time. That is why he has excused himself from tonight's zikr, and he has asked for to render his apologies, but inshallah next week he will, inshallah, uh, be here and he will render the zikr next week, Thursday, inshallah. My respected brothers, like I said, I'm going to do some minimum chat, so I don't know if there is a need to introduce Mali Ibrahim. If you don't know Malana Ibrahim Baum, then you haven't been excited to celebrate Eid. As simple as that. If you don't know Mali Ibrahim, the whole country, the whole country waits. When that voice comes on the radio stations, then we know. Everybody's first holding their ears like this. Is it going to be yes or is it going to be no? Then we know we're having Eid. So Malana is the Secretary General of the Jamiyatul Ulama South Africa. In other words, my boss. <laughs> Malana plays a very active role in many aspects of Deen also and in many aspects of our country also. I and we, pers- we generally say that Mawlana, in his capacity, is fulfilling a farza kifari on behalf of the Ummah in the many roles that he play- plays, especially when it comes in dialogue with government officials also. And we can see the great work that is happening and the great work that is taking place and that, that Mawlana is doing and that Mawlana fulfills together with the team and together with that Mawlana is also, and I'm going to mention this deliberately, that's what I'm going to mention is deliberately. We spoke about the moon, about the Eid, etc. Mawlana is very, very actively involved with Uqsa, especially the Hilal aspects as far as Uqsa is concerned. And I think we've been talking about this in Bakerton for the last three or four months. Uncle Abu Degam, our chairman of our SII, is also here. Uncle Abu Khan, the chairman of our board, is also here. And we have spoken about it in the week. Mawlana Faya spoke to me, Mashwara was made at the school, that insha'Allah, thumma insha'Allah, this great sunnah, this great sunnah, and if I go further to say neglected sunnah, to look for the moon every month, not only Ramadan and Eid, okay, leave Ramadan out, not only the two Eids, but to look for the moon and search for the moon, is a great sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And inshallah, here in our little town, we want to establish that hilal committee. Inshallah, what? Our, with our seniors from the SAI, from the SMS, with our ulama, inshallah, very soon that Hilal committee is going to be established and we will call the members of Uqsa because Hilal is not merely to just look for the moon. Yeah, in Begatun, you know, outside Jami Masjid, you walk, look, look over that tree and you must look for the moon. There's many aspects to it. Inshallah, we will fulfill. We're talking of Sirah and part of Sirah, or rather not part of Sirah, Sirah is Sunnah of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, inshallah, we make that pledge. 
it was mentioned a few months ago when a webinar was hosted by the Jamiyatul Ulama. And in that webinar also it was mentioned that every community should have their own Hilal committees. And inshallah, we are making that pledge here in Bakerton that inshallah very soon we will establish that Hilal committee also. I'm not going to take time. I'm going to ask Mulan Ibrahim Bam now to give us and share the spells of wisdom, inshallah. Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, wahdah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiyya ba'dah. Alam la nabiyya ba'dahu wa la ummata ba'da ummatihi wa la kitaba ba'da kitabihi wa la shari'ata ba'da shari'atihi amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim laqad kana lakum fi rasulillahi uswatun hasanah sadaqallahu alazim my dear respected ulama elders and brothers we begin by praising almighty allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the many favors Allah has bestowed upon us. Amongst the favors Allah has bestowed upon us, Allah says in the Quran, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ I have done a tremendous favor upon you when I sent a Rasul مِّنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ from amongst your own kind, from amongst humanity. And there are reasons why Allah Ta'ala has specifically made mention of this min anfusihim, as I will go on to explain. So we thank Allah and we show our gratitude towards Almighty Allah for the many favors, including the favor of sending our beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a Rasul and as a Prophet to all of us. We send salutations upon our beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That human being who is the greatest of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation and the jewel of the creation of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And really, when we do speak about our beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we will never ever be able to do justice in praising our beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In a seerah jalsa, really the only person who is supposed to be praised is our beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I, I do feel the, the absence of Mawlana Abbas uh, Ali, it would have been nice if I had his shadow and his presence amongst us for his barakah and his blessings. However, I know that his duas will be with us in this gathering. And especially I'm in need of the duas of great ulama like Hazrat Mawlana Abbas Ali Zubair Ali. May Allah Ta'ala keep his shadow over us for a period of time. Mawlana um, Hajat made mention of MC, you know, minimum chatter. So they said that uh, the best of speech is that which has a good beginning, a good end, and very little in between. So I hope to, inshallah, keep to that, try and keep the, uh, the program as short as possible. But of course, I got another aspect. I got Moana Abbas's time also. So I'll take that also. I'll take that opportunity at the end of the day. When we speak about our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu there is some, there is a, there is a joy. There is something that happens and maybe we don't know. Maybe we might just continue. They said one day a person was giving a talk and the alim was giving a talk and he was going on very, very long. So as he was saying and carrying on with his talk very long, a person got up from the gathering. So as he got up from the gathering, 
the alim got angry and said, now I'm still giving a talk. Why are you getting up in the gathering? He said, I'm going to go and cut my hair. He said, now why are you going to go and cut your hair now in the middle of the talk? You could have done it afterwards. So he said, it wasn't so long before you spoke. <laughs> Nevertheless, when we speak about our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu we always do so on the basis that we will never do justice. And we, we, we proclaim it from the very outset. Ya Rasulullah, O Prophet of Almighty Allah, O Allah, we bear witness and we bear testimony that the failure or the lack of eloquence or the lack of sufficient words in the English language or in any language for that matter. Or maybe I would say not only lack of vocabulary or lack of eloquence from my side or a lack of passion in you hearing, nay, even the lack of our tongue to be able to praise our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu should not take away the greatness of our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Arabic poet had said, وَأَحْسَنَ مِنْكَ لَمْ تَرَقَدْتُ عَيْنِي وَأَجْمَلَ مِنْكَ لَمْ تَلَدِ النِّسَاءِ More beautiful than you. وَأَعْلَمْ تَرَقَدْتُ عَيْنِي No eyes have ever set sight upon. More graceful and eloquent than you. No mother has ever given birth to. You have been created free from all blemishes. It is as if you have been created the way you wish and the way you desire. Allah has created you in such a beautiful manner. The Urdu poet has also made mention with regard to it. Your praise is not within my capacity. My, your praise is not within my capacity. The heart does not have the capacity. The tongue does not have the vocabulary and the eloquence to be able to praise you. There is no one like you. There is no one like you, O Prophet of Almighty Allah. The one whom Allah made beautiful in every sphere of his existence. From the very beginning of time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had granted him greatness and beauty. Brothers, I can go on speaking about the greatness of our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu However, one important point, and I think that is the reason why we have Siraj Al-Sab. It is not only to speak about the greatness of our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu because we will never be able to do justice with regard to it, but also that we are supposed to take benefit from the life of Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, we must never mystify the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to the extent that we don't benefit from his life. You can speak about his greatness. And we can speak very, and we can maybe spend hours with regard to his greatness. But we will never be able to do justice. Where can we do justice with regard to that human being about whom Allah Ta'ala says, Alam nashrah laka sadrak. Hazrat Musa alayhi salatu wasalam made dua, Rabbi shrah li sadri. Oh Allah, broaden and widen my chest to be able to receive your wahi and to be able to receive the, your revelation. Allah Ta'ala told our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Alam nashrah laka sadrak. Have we not widened and have we not opened up your chest to be able to receive the revelation and the greatness of Almighty Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? Musa alayhi salatu wasalam made dua to Almighty Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassiri li amri. And make things easy for me, O oh Allah. Allah Ta'ala said with regard to our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
who is going to do any type of harm to that remembrance about whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in the Holy Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise his rank and Allah will raise his remembrance. What will we say about that Nabi that Allah ta'ala told and took an oath from all the Anbiya of yore? وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِيثَاقَ النَّبِيِّينَ لَمَا عَاتَيْتُكُمْ مِنْ كِتَابِ وَحِكْمَةِ ثُمَّ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مُسَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَكُمْ لَتُؤْمِنُنَّ بِهِ وَلَتَنْصُرُنَّ if ever you are, while you are proclaiming your prophethood, if the last Nabi of Allah comes, you would forsake your Nabuwat and you will bring Iman upon Nabi Ummah. You will bring Iman upon our beloved Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Therefore our Nabi is not only Nabi of this Ummah. He is not only Nabi of humanity. He is Nabi al-Anbiya. He is the Nabi of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. And therefore in the time of Miraj, our beloved Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made imamat of all the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam to prove this fact that he was not only a Nabi of the Ummah, not only a Nabi of this humanity, he was a Nabi of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam also. So we will never ever be able to do justice, but never mystify the life to that extent that you can't benefit from it. Allah has referred to this in the, in the 15th supara of the Holy Quran. وَمَا مَنَعَ النَّاسِ اَيْ يُؤْمِنُوا إِذَا جَاءَهُمُ الْهُدَى إِلَّا أَنْ قَالُوا أَبَعَثَ اللَّهُ بَشَرَ الرَّسُولَ Many a times people did not bring iman upon Allah and upon deen on this basis. And here the word Hamza is istifham in a question form. أَبَعَثَ اللَّهُ بَشَرَ الرَّسُولَ did Allah send a human being as a prophet? So they said that how can we bring iman upon deen when Allah sent a human being as a prophet? Coming back to why I said min anfusihim. Why did Allah send a prophet from amongst humankind? From amongst where we share humanity. Always there is a great difference in terms of rank. You know, Muhammadun Yaqutun wa nasu kal hajari. That now there is stones and you get stones. You know, you get a stone that is on the pavement and you get a very expensive stone, a gemstone, and you can't compare the two. Muhammadun Basharun wa kal Bashari. Muhammad is a human being, but he's not like a human being like you and I. He is like a very expensive stone, like a gemstone, beyond that also. And we are like ordinary stones that you find on the side of the street. So, so Allah Ta'ala says that human, many a times people said, how can we bring Iman upon the truth and upon deen? And Allah Ta'ala sent the human being as a prophet. Allah Ta'ala replied to this and said, قُلْ لَوْ كَانَ فِي الْعَرْضِ مَلَائِكَةُ يَمْشُونَ مُتْمَئِنِّينَ لَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْهِ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَلَكَ الرَّسُولَ Tell unto them, O Prophet of Almighty Allah, if there were angels inhabiting the earth, Allah would have sent an angel as a prophet. But if the earth is inhabited by human beings, Allah will send a human being as a prophet, then you and I can identify with our Nabi. If the Nabi gets hungry, we also can get hungry. He bore the pangs of hunger. He bore hardship. In that, we can identify. We can find aspects of emulation. And therefore, Allah Ta'ala says, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ قُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ That in the Prophet of Almighty Allah, you have a perfect example. Now in today's time, 
And today's talk, I'm going to give you some examples of that perfect example. I'm going to give you some aspects of that perfect example. And you will find many of the melodies of our present day situation, many of the shortcomings, many of the aspects that we, we fight about, many of the aspects that we dispute and we argue about, many of the aspects that we find confusion about, you will find a solution in the life of our beloved Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to illuminate our life. And there is a reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put our Nabi through various type of situations. There is not one type of situation that Allah ta'ala put our Nabi through. He put him into various types of situation that his life can be an example. You see, you and I, when Allah ta'ala says that Nabi's life is a perfect example. So how can it be a perfect example if it does not satisfy the various type of situations that you find yourself in? So human being finds himself in different situations. Sometimes he is happy, sometimes he is sad. Sometimes he is joyous, sometimes he is in grief. Sometimes he is a businessman, sometimes he is an employee. Sometimes he is a worker, sometimes he is a teacher, sometimes he is a learner. And even within his own self, you have sometimes situation in terms of your mood. Sometimes you are upbeat, sometimes you are despondent. So if the Nabi of Allah's life is a perfect example, it must be able to satisfy and give example and give inspiration and motivation in different situations of yours. And it must also give inspiration and motivation to the entire humanity, despite its vastness and despite its different professions and backgrounds that they, humanity exists in. Then only it can be a perfect example. That is why in our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu life, he was sometimes a teacher and sometimes he was a learner. He was a teacher to the Sahaba. He was a learner at the feet of Hazrat Jibreel Sometimes he had wealth at his disposal. Sometimes he did not have this wealth at his disposal. And there was three, three months that passed by the house of Nabi Sallallahu There was nothing that was cooked in the house of our beloved Nabi Karim Sometimes in the battlefield he was, he was victorious. Sometimes he suffered a setback. Sometimes initially there was a victory. And then there was a setback, Uhad. Sometimes initially there was a setback. Thereafter there was a victory, Hunayn. Why all these situations? That human being will be able to draw inspiration according to his situation that he finds himself in. The greatest example that Nabi Karim Sallallahu gave, that he taught us how to relate to Almighty Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. He taught us how to build our relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Despite his greatness, Despite his greatness, he was the one who had the greatest fear of Almighty Allah. If anyone could have said that I do not need to go and worship Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because I am so great, or I have such a great rank, it could have been our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu but no, no. Nabi Karim Sallallahu showed humility in front of Almighty Allah. He showed love for Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He used to say that the coolness of my eye lies in salah. Sometimes when Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to feel because of the challenges of life, Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi used to tell Bilal, Oh Bilal, give the call to Almighty Allah. Give the call for Azam. I would like to communicate with my Allah. The love to, to communicate with Allah. Brothers, never regard our Salat as a burden. Never regard our Ibadat as a burden. Do it with love and passion. The way Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, the coolness of my eyes lies in Salat. 
He showed fear to all my, of, of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala despite his great rank. Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala says, one day Nabi Karim sallallahu said, Oh Abu Abdullah, oh Abu Abdullah, read the Quran for me. So Nabi Karim sallallahu said, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, Ya Rasulullah, iqra alayk wa alayka unzil. That must I read for you when it was revealed unto you. So Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inni wuhibu an asma'ahu min ghayri. Today I, I wish to listen Quran from someone else. Alhamdulillah, there is situation. Sometimes we love to read the Quran. Sometimes we learn to, we love to listen. Our Qarisa reads so beautifully, Alhamdulillah. Qarita is up. And you feel like listening. Right? So sometimes you feel like listening. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inni wuhibu an asma'ahu min ghayri. I would love to listen from someone. So Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu ta'ala started reading from Surah Nisa. And he said, I started reading. I just continued reading. And I didn't realize until Nabi Karim Sallallahu put his hand on my mouth and said, Hasbuka ya ibn Masood. I came to the ayat, فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جِئْنَا مِنْ كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ بِشَهِيدٍ وَجِئْنَا بِكَ عَلَى هَؤُلَاءِ شَهِيدًا which the meaning of that was that the Nabi of Almighty Allah, to put it as succinctly as possible, was the Nabi of Allah, Almighty Allah will bear testimony on the day of Qiyamah on behalf of the previous Anbiya Wasalam, that the previous Anbiya Wasalam fulfilled their responsibility of propagating Allah's message to their people. And Abdullah ibn Masood said, when Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, Hasbuka ya ibn Masood, enough ya ibn Masood, I looked at Nabi Sallallahu he was tearing until his beard became wet out of the fear of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He taught us how to relate to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was a very great orator that, you know, in India, Pakistan, there was a very great orator with the name of Mulan Ataullah Shah Bukhari rahmatullahi. Now, Ataullah Shah Bukhari rahmatullahi was an orator that used to speak for hours. And not only Muslims, non-Muslims used to be in awe with regard to his oratory. Right? So in one occasion, he made mention of how Nabi Karim wasallam used to cry in front of Almighty Allah in making dua. And he had, a, he had a particular way of making mention of it. He used to say, Mene ek hasin deka. Jo hasino me ahsan nazar aya. Jamilo me ajmal nazar aya. Karimo me akram nazar aya. I saw a person who was the most beautiful human being on this earth. The most graceful, the most eloquent, the most respectable, the most honorable. He was such a human being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took an oath about him in the Holy Quran about his life. La'amruk, by your life, O Prophet of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was such a human being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took an oath on his statements and his words. Waqilihi, by your statements and your words, O Prophet of Almighty Allah. He was such a human being that Allah ta'ala took an oath in the city in which he resided because of him residing in that city. He was such a human being. When he said yes to something, it became halal. When he said no to something, it became haram. He was such a human being and he went on to praise Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi I'm cutting it short. And he said, for a moment, for a moment I thought that if I have any particular problem, if I have any difficulty, I will go and knock at the door of such a great human being. I will go and knock at the door of such a great human being that Allah praises so much. When he said through the means of his biography, 
through the means of his lifestyle. When I read his lifestyle, when I went to go and knock at his door to ask him to assess me, I found the entire creation was sleeping. This great human being that Allah speaks so highly about, he was crying in front of someone else. He was crying in front of someone else and he was making dua. In Oh Allah, if you punish my ummah, they are your bondsmen, they are your servants, you have every right to punish them. But if you forgive them, that it is also within your capacity to forgive them. He was crying in front of someone else. Mawlana Ta'ullah Shah Bukhari then says, my mind made a decision. Don't go to such great people for assistance. Go to that being that even such great people go and ask assistance from. Go to that being and that Allah where even such great people go and ask assistance from. He taught us how to, 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 to relate to Almighty Allah, whether it be in dua, whether it be in ibadah, whether it be in love for Almighty Allah, whether it be in fear of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people become very pious. And when they feel pious, they, they, they neglect their duties towards their family, towards human beings. They neglect it. Our beloved Nabi was not like that. He had the greatest amount of love and respect and kindness to his own family. It was not as he started making ibadat of Almighty Allah and he forgot his family. He had such great love for his family and his extended family. Jafar bin Abi Talib was his cousin. Jafar bin Abi Talib stayed in Habasha in Abyssinia for such a great amount of time. I always tell people, that you know, when we say Nabi Sallallahu is an example, the life of the Sahaba is an example. Hazrat Jafar radiallahu ta'ala stayed in a land in, as a minority. He was a minority. There was not Muslims in a majority there. He was an, a land which was ruled by non-Muslims. And he didn't stay there for a short period of time. He only came to Medina in the seventh year after Hijri. Count seven years of Nabi Sallallahu life in Medina. Count another almost... Another, another five or six, seven years when they went to, when they went to, uh, in the beginning to Abyssinia, they went around in the third or fourth or the fifth year of the board. So he stayed another seven, eight years there. He stayed 14 years, 13, 14 years in Abyssinia. Right? How did he stay in Abyssinia? Under a rule that was not Muslim rule. You and I can take inspiration from it. How did he live there? But when he came back, Nabi Karim Sallallahu when he saw Jafar, he got up and he said, La tadri bi'ayyima afrah bi'fathi khaybar am bi'qudu bi'jafar. I don't know what has given me greater joy. That's a time when Nabi Sallallahu and the Muslims had just gained victory in the battle of Khaybar against the Jews. Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, I don't know what has given me greater joy. The victory in Khaybar or the coming of my cousin. Look at that. Today we don't have relationship with our cousins and our extended family. Here the Nabi of Allah is saying, I don't know what gave me greater joy. Over battle, he's saying that I got greater joy than the, with the coming of Jafar. Over even a victory over, over the enemy. Subhanallah. What great. Abu Layla, radiallahu ta'ala says, it was one night I came to Nabi Karim Sallallahu He was sitting and playing with his grandchildren. And one of the grandchildren... Nabi was on his stomach. When he was on his stomach, children are children. He passed water and urinated. So all the Sahaba who were around, they got very excited. And he came 
and they said, you know, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there is urine on the stomach. They said that we could see the urine coming on the stomach of Nabi Akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We rushed forward and we tried to take the grandson away from Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And Nabi Akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Be calm, be calm. Don't do anything to my grandchild. Leave him the way he is. He is a youngster. He has done what he has done. Grant me water. I will wash myself." This is the way Nabi Akram Sallam dealt with his children. You and I, sometimes it feels, no, we are, we are very pious. We are not going to keep all these type of things. I just read recently in the book of Sa'alabi, you know, with regard to one day Marwan came to Abu Hurairah. Marwan was a Bani Umayya um, governor in Medina and Munawwara. So when he came to Abu Hurairah, now there was some rivalry between the Bani, the Bani Umayya and the Bani Hashim. It is a well-known fact of Islamic history. Nevertheless, Marwan came to Abu Huraira and said, Abu Huraira, tell me why do you show so much respect to Hassan and Hussein? That you don't show respect to even me, although I'm a governor. Why do you show so much respect to Hazrat Hassan and Hussein? And the narration makes mention, Abu Huraira was lying down. When Marwan told him this, Abu Huraira got up. And he said, Marwan, what are you saying? What are you saying? Do you know what are you saying? I saw Nabi Karim Sallallahu on one occasion in one expedition. Hazrat Hassan and Hussein were small, they were crying. And he went to the tent of Fatima and said, why are my children crying? Why are my children crying? So Fatima said, there is no water. There is no water because of first they are crying. Nabi Karim Sallallahu took his two grandchildren on his left, Abu Huraira is telling Marwan, he took out his tongue. He told his grandchildren to suck on his tongue, to satisfy or to quench the thirst of his grandchildren. This was our Nabi. Despite his greatness, where did he bring himself down to the level of bringing such joy to his grandchildren? And for us, piety nowadays is that we become so dry and so hush that we don't have that type of relationship with our children and our family. Another unfortunate aspect with regard to our situation today is that today we are living in a time, brothers, it's so, it's so sad that negativity abounds. And it's a, it's, it's a general, it plays upon a human psyche. Human psyche gets more excited by negativity than it gets by positivity. Right? And to give you an example, you'll never ever see a newspaper headline saying, right now we have a situation of COVID and there's no more, so many flights landing, but just say in a normal situation, there are 50 flights that landed safely an OR tempo a day. Will you ever see a headline saying 50, 50, 50 flights landed safely yesterday in OR Tembo. You'll never hear that. But if there has to be one airline that has a crash landing, or has an emergency because of which he has to make an emergency landing, right? The next day will be in the headlines. Right? Emirates flight has an emergency landing in OR Tembo. Right? Because bad news sells. Sensationalism sells. So we, you and I, we are caught in this aspect of playing upon human psyche that we love negativity. 
and it is it is not the good thing but that's a reality how many good things happen i recently one normally a lot of people come to me at the time of their marriage and mana in within the family and within the broader community mana our children are getting married give them some advice wallahi i was quite shocked recently that when one young people one of them my my close family member came and i was sitting and speaking to them and telling them about the stuff and i i noticed something i said what's wrong with you she said i'm just feeling so apprehensive i'm feeling so apprehensive about nikah so i said why she said because of the amount of problems i hear about my friends in nikah so many friends have problems so i said i told them i said you know nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam said i never saw anything that gives better manifestation of the love between two individuals than the then nikah why are you so despondent why are you so negative and she said what about the other see how many people are getting divorced so i said okay there are people getting divorced but i'm asking you a question how many people's nikah is happy and they are living happily as a married couple are there more people living together as a married couple are they that more or is divorce more although divorce is more than what it was previously but what is more huh? what is more obviously we will say the people who are happily married or at least the people who are married are more divorce is more than what it used to be but it's not in the majority but you and i we have got this whole particular perception human psyche so we like to hear negativity now this particular aspect comes upon us if anyone sends good news on a social media on your whatsapp you would find it very difficult to send it out but if someone someone sends something bad someone says something about someone he is like this he is like that everyone is sending it out and you are part of the guna and sin you are al muj nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam al mustami'u ahad al muhtabin the one who listens to gossip and backbiting is the same like the one who does it so the one who did it who sent it out and you forwarded it you are equally guilty in propagating something that is not verified ya ayyuhal ladina amanu in ja'akum fasikum binaba'in fatabayyanu if anyone comes to you with any news first verify it no no we don't verify it why we don't verify it i must be the first to send out this gossip in my group no i must be the first to send it out otherwise I, i'm not a very good person in the group i'm a person who is not who's not active in the group for me to be active i must be the one to send out juicy gossip we love negativity now let me give an example of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam or completely opposite to our situation therefore i'm saying we must take lessons from the sirah nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam one day announced is there anyone who is going to milk the camel is there anyone who is going to milk the camel one person got up and said ya rasul al milk the camel nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam said what is your name he said murra what is the name of what is the meaning of murra better nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said you sit down <laughs> you sit down huh? you your name means better you're going to milk the camel is going to have an effect upon the camel huh? now i'm i'm asking you this is what i'm saying take lessons from sirah Don't just come to a sirah jalsa and say Nabi Sallallahu was so great start putting these type of things and I will come to you that you see when we say what is sunnah there are various aspects of sunnah this is also sunnah so the person the next person who is there anyone who will volunteer person got up 
Yeah, what is your name? Jamra. What's the meaning of Jamra? Burning coal. Sit down. The third person got up. His name was also Murra. Nabi Akrim Sawasam said, sit down. Fourth person got up. Ya Rasulullah Al-Magdaka. What is your name? Ya Rish. A person who lives long. Nabi Sawasam said, you Magdha. You Magdha Kiyama. Start, start in our life to start taking out the positive and leave the negative. Why, why are we still doing all these things? And what, what the, no, it was out there, so I also sent it out. Subhanallah. Start taking that which is positive, leave the negative out. When Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in Hudaybiyah, Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it was a tense time, right? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when they want to perform Umrah, it was the Quraysh had taken an oath, they're not going to allow Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Muslim to perform Umrah. And Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if they put forward to me any proposal with regard to peace, I will accept it. And the peace was not coming through. There was delegations that were coming and going. And then all of a sudden, Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hears that the leader of the negotiating team on behalf of the Quraysh, it is Suhail bin Amr. Suhail became a Muslim afterwards. Long, very amazing story. Right? He was now the leader of the negotiating team of the Quraysh. What is your name? And who is it? Suhail. When Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi heard this, what did Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi say? Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Inshallah, from now on things will become easy. Inshallah, from now on things will become easy. I challenge you people, my dear, do we do the same thing? Do we look for positivity or do we look for negativity? Do you want to follow the sunnah of Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam one day told Anas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, Ya Bunaya in Qadarta, and Tusbiha wa Tumsi, وَلَيْسَ فِي قَلْبِكَ غَشٌ لِأَحَدٍ فَفْعَلْ Oh my, oh my, oh my son. Anas radiallahu ta'ala grew up in front of Nabi Akarim Sasa. He was 10 years or 12 years when his mother came and blamed him in the service of Nabi Akarim Sasa. Oh my son, if you can spend a morning or an evening where your heart is free from malice against every human being in this earth, then do so. That is my sunnah. Karissa read today, رُحَمَاءُ بَيْنَهُمْ the Muslim is he who has rahmat and mercy and kindness. And Muhawalladina Ma'ahu Ashiddawal Kufar, the Sahaba, they were harsh against the disbelievers. They were kind and compassionate amongst themselves. I challenge this Ummah. I challenge you today to see what is the interaction between us. Does it murder the Sunnah of Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Does it murder this verse of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that Ruhama'u Bainahu? Do we have kindness and compassion towards one another? Or is our interaction nowadays has become so fraught with hatred, with labeling, with name calling? Is this the sunnah of Nabi Akarim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? When Nabi Akarim sallallahu told Anas, Oh Anas, if you can spend a morning, if you can spend an evening, your heart is free from malice and hatred towards each and every human being, then do so. This is my sunnah. This is my way of life. Man ahabba sunnati faqad ahabbani. He who loves my sunnah loves me. He who loves me will be together with me in Jannah. Yes, sunnah is also the beard. And it's a very important sunnah. Someone correctly made mention that a beard is such a sunnah that is with you 24-7. But this is also a sunnah. Have we given, given thought that this is a sunnah of Nabi Akarim Sallallahu No, we don't. Because we have become accustomed to making sunnah into certain segments. This Nabi Akarim Sallallahu not only told Anas, he said, this is my sunnah. That I don't have malice and hatred towards everyone. Today, to be pious, sometimes it is felt that you have to have malice and hatred towards someone else. 
This is not the way of our beloved Nabiya Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Karim Sallallahu life and his attitude towards people was characterized by kindness, compassion, and mercy. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala says that مَا خُيِّرَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بَيْنَ أَمْرَيْنَ Whenever Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was given an option between two issues, between two things, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam always chose the one that was easy, except if that easy thing was guna and sin. Whenever Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was given an option between two things, Nabi Karim always chose the easy path for the sake of the Ummah. He chose the easy, unless that easy path was, sunnah, was, was a guna and sin. Nabi Karim chose the easy path. He was the one who was choosing, choosing the ones that were full of ease, kindness, and compassion, was the default position of our beloved Nabi Karim. Let me repeat this. We like to use the word default in our, in our technology. The default position of our beloved Nabi Karim was kindness. Kindness was the rule. Harshness was the exception. Leniency was the rule. Retribution was the exception. Nabi Sallallahu chose the easier path. Nabi Sallallahu chose kindness. He showed, chose compassion. Why is it now that when we feel that a person who is pious must not have these particular type of qualities? Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala who says, Nabi Karim Sallallahu was said, was asked, Ya Rasulullah, Udullah ta'ala, Make dua against the mushrikeen. And Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, I was not, I was not sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make la'ana. I was not sent by Allah ta'ala to curse people. I was sent as a rahmat. I was sent as a rahmat. Udba bin Nabi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala narrates that in the battle of Uhad, Nabi Karim Sallallahu became badly wounded. Sahaba found it very difficult. There was nothing more difficult for the Sahaba than seeing Nabi Karim Sallallahu in pain. For them, that was even more greater than their own pain, greater than the pain of their parents, greater than the pain of their children, to see Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in pain. When they saw Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in pain, wounded, blood oozing from his body, they could not take it. Ya Rasulullah, at least now, now make batwa against the, mush- the mushrikeen. Make batwa and curse the people who have done all this to you. So Nabi Karim Sallallahu lifted his hand. Huh? And he lifted his hand and the Sahaba said, for a moment we thought that now Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will make and curse the mushrikeen and the, and the enemies and because of that curse Allah will destroy them. And he said for a moment we started straining our ears to listen. What is Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam going to say? And Nabi Karim sallallahu said Allahumma hadiqahum fa innahum la ya'ala. Oh Allah give hidayah to my people for they are ignorant. Oh Allah, give hidayat to my people for they are ignorant. Brothers, we have lost the sunnah of Nabi Karim Sallallahu I do not know whether we are trying to score points or to show we are more pious than anyone. And Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Allah gives with kindness that he does not give with harshness. Allah gives with kindness that he does not give with harshness. It is Allah's rahmat that the Nabi of Allah was kind upon you. If the Nabi of Allah was harsh, if he was vulgar, if he was harsh, the people would not have surrounded him out of love. 
and longing for him. If he was harsh, I ask you, look at this, look at this verse. And I ask you to think about it. When Allah says, If you are harsh, then people would not come around you. Who would not come around the Prophet of Almighty Allah? Who are the people who were there that time? Who are the people who were there? Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman, and Ali. And those Sahaba, if, if, if Nabi was harsh, those Sahaba would not have come close to Nabi Akarim Sallallahu Allah says it was Allah's mercy that he was kind, therefore you came close to him. When such Sahaba would not have come close to Nabi Akarim Sallallahu because of harshness, do we feel that people will come close to Deen because of our harshness? Where, where do we get this from? Hazrat Mu'adh radiallahu ta'ala anhu says that Nabi Akarim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam one day called me and even if there is mistakes, even if you see something wrong with regard to the Ummah, Nabi Karim Sallallahu Sunnah was, when he saw people doing mistakes, he looked at the mistakes of people with a finger of compassion, not with a finger of accusation. Oh, this one has done a mistake. Here's a time for me to now to score points and I will show the people what I'm going to do. Nabi Karim Sallallahu looked at the mistakes of people with a finger of compassion, not with a finger of accusation. Hazrat Mu'adh radiallahu ta'ala says, you know, what, what kindness Nabi Karim Sallallahu said. You know, Ya Mu'adh, inni uhibbuk. Oh Mu'adh, I love you. Oh Mu'adh, I love you. Read after every faras salat. Allahumma inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. Read after every faras, after every, oh Allah, help me in remembering you, in being grateful to you, and making ibadat of you in the proper manner. This is what, now what did he tell him? Ya Mu'az, inni uhibbuk. Oh Mu'az, I love you. Now do this. Hazrat Mu'az said, I never forgot that for the rest of my life. I never forgot that for the rest of my life. No, this is how Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam dealt with me. Today sometimes we say, Ek gadera tu parni. No, donkey, you read. Bichara, what is he going to read? Even if he reads it, just read it to save himself from your punishment. After that, whether he remembers or not, whether is he going to remember? Look at how Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught Mu'az. Oh Mu'az, I love you. Read this after every salat. Mu'az said, I never forgot it for the rest of my life. Nabi Akarim Sallallahu was so kind. The same Mu'ad radiallahu ta'ala You know, as I said, you know, the sirat is amazing. You know, one thing leads to another. Right? And I thought, I'm not going to spend so much time on this. I've got so many other things to, 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 that I made notes on. But anyway, let's let just go and speak about this whole aspect. Hazrat Mu'ad radiallahu ta'ala One day, came to Nabi Akarim Sallallahu to complain about another Sahabi. Right? He came to complain about another Sahabi. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, this Sahabi is a munafiq. He's a hypocrite. Why is he a hypocrite? Ya Rasulullah, Isha, Isha Azan, Isha Salat time, Isha Jamaat time, he reads namaz on his own and he walks away. He reads namaz on his own and he walks away. So obviously, that was something that was very, very serious. That's why Nabi Akarim said, Sallu khalfa kullabar Read Salat behind every Imam, whether he is, he is a pious person, whether he is a Fajr. Read Namaz behind him. Don't go and break the unity of the Ummah by not reading Salat in a Masjid. So even if you feel that the Imam is not the right person, or he's not according to my status and my piety, still read Namaz behind him. If everyone starts counting 
and looking at the imam at his status and then say whether I must read namaz or not in that masjid. What is going to happen to the unity of the ummah? So therefore Nabi Sallallahu said, read namaz behind every imam. No matter whether he is pious or is otherwise, read namaz behind him. So this was such a serious thing. So Nabi Karim Sallallahu called the sahabi. Why are you now reading and not reading Salat with Jamaat? Why are you not reading Isha Salat with Jamaat? Now listen to his, listen to his explanation. Ya Rasulullah, we are people who are farmers. We go out, we are people of agriculture. We, after Fajr, we leave. We go out to the farms and we spend the whole day there. When we come back, we are tired. We wait for Isha Salat to finish quickly so that we can go and sleep. Right? So that's what we want to do. And Mu'ad, he reads Surah Baqarah and Surah Ali Imran in Isha Salat. So Ya Rasulullah, what do you expect us to do? Huh? So one day a person came to the masjid and he, he saw the Imam was reading Surah Baqarah. And he read in this, waited in that Salat and he, you know, and he sits and he's so long he had to wait and he had to stand so long because he was reading Surah Baqarah. So the next day he came to the masjid so he said, today I'm going to find out. So the, after he went, he said, what surah the imam was reading? He said, surah Baqarah, buffalo. Right? So the next day he came into the masjid. He said, before I'm going to stand up in salat, I'm going to find out what, he, what salat and what, what surah he's reading. So he said, what surah he's reading? He said, surah Fil. So he said, I stayed, stood so long for a buffalo. How long am I going to stay, stay for an elephant? So he said, no, I'm going away. Yeah? So Hazrat Mu'ad radiallahu ta'ala anhu, you know, so Nabi Karim sallallahu called Hazrat Mu'ad and he said, Mu'ad, affatanun anta, affatan. Oh Mu'ad, are you putting people through fitna? Oh Mu'ad, are you putting people through trial? How can you read such long surah? Alhamdulillah, our, our Imam don't read such long surah. Are you reading such long surah for people who are tired? Are you reading such, you know, and then Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, Mu'ad, from now onwards, when you read your Isha Salat, read ayats and surat like Sabbi Hisma wa Samaidatil Buruj. That's where we get that Isha Salat must be at that particular length. Sabbi Hisma halataka wa Samaidatil Buruj. And now let me give you a, a, a sequel to that particular incident. When Hazrat Mu'ad came to Nabi Karim Sallallahu and told this person that, you know, this man is a munafiq because he doesn't read Isha Salat with us in Jamaat. This person took it very greatly to heart. And he said, one day I will show you who is a munafik and who is a true believer. He went out in jihad. He went out in jihad and he sacrificed his life in the path of Almighty Allah. Nabi Karim Sallallahu called Mu'ad. Mu'ad, the person whom you called a munafik, today he gave his life in the path of Allah. The person whom you called a munafik, he today gave his life in the path of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't praise yourself. He knows who is pious. Right, this is this is the type of things that we are supposed to learn with regard to it. Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam. One of the aspects that Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi taught us to weigh the consequences and weigh weigh our actions, not just to do things on the basis of our desires and things. Right? How many times in the life of Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi that Umar took out his sword? Ya Rasulullah Abdullah bin Ubay is a munafik. He's a hypocrite. Allow me to kill him. Allow me to kill him, not once, so many times. But, and he was a munafik known to Nabi Karim Sallallahu by wahi. By wahi, Nabi Karim Sallallahu knew he was a munafik, he was not a true believer. Right? 
Here today we call people, we don't have any evidence, we just call. Right? We don't know the reality of people, but here was a person who was a munafiq by wahi, whom Nabi Karim Sallallahu knew that he was a munafiq. Right? And then Nabi Karim Sallallahu was told, and Umar used to take out his sword, Ya Rasulullah, I'm going to finish him up today, I'm going to cut off his head. And Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, Umar, don't cut off his head. Why Ya Rasulullah? Why Ya Rasulullah shouldn't I cut off his head? And why shouldn't I kill him? Look at what and what he has done. How many harm, what harm he has caused to the Prophet? Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, don't kill him. People will say Muhammad kills his own companions. People will say Muslims are fighting. Think about your consequences of your action. People will say Muslims are fighting. People won't say what is the background behind the fighting. People will say Muslims are fighting. Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi don't kill him. People will say Muhammad kills his own. Huh? Subhanallah. Nabi Karim Sallallahu understood the temperament of people. He understood the temperament. He, he dealt with people according to their temperament. There are so many examples that I can continue giving. One day, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, I read once recently an article and I found this one statement so beautiful. You know, and it was written there that, that it would have been a tragedy for this ummah if Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala was not in the, in the nikah of Nabi Karim sallallahu It would have been such a great tragedy because there are so many great things that Hazrat Aisha, due to her keen intellect, used to ask questions because of which the ummah benefited. One day Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam make dua. Allahumma in ya'udhu bika min al-kufri wa dayn. Oh Allah, I seek your protection from kufr and debt. Right? To be in, in, you know, to take loan from people and then be in debt. And Hazrat Luqman had said that there is no greater uh, trial than debt, which is a worry in the night and a humiliation in the day. Right? At night you worry how I'm going to pay. I don't know if today people have conscious enough to worry about that or not. There's a different matter. And it's a humiliation in the day. You start avoiding people. So Hazrat Aisha said, Ya Rasulullah, are you putting kufr and death in one dua? Are you putting kufr and death in one dua? So Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, Oh, oh Aisha, yes. When a person is in debt, he becomes morally vulnerable. He becomes morally vulnerable. When he speaks, he speaks lies. When he makes a promise, he breaks his promise. Now that, that keenness in intellect and perception. Ya Rasulullah, why are you making these two things together in one dua? One day Nabi Karim said, Man Allah. Whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet him. Whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet him. Right now, it's a very amazing hadith. But sometimes, you know, we hear people saying, yeah, yeah, so what? I'm going to, I'm going to die. I, I love to die. Right? The fact of the matter is human beings, we fear death. Right? If we are someone that as far as possible, we, Allah has created a situation where we love our life. It's a natural instinct. Even, even an animal will fight to preserve his life. So human beings do love life. So Nabi Hazrat Aisha asked, Ya Rasulullah, what is the meaning of this hadith? Allah, that whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet him. But we don't love to die, Ya Rasulullah. So what is the meaning if you love to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet you? That means if we don't love to die, Allah, doesn't, Allah won't love to meet us? Does it mean that we must love to die when, 
to, to love to die is against the natural instinct of a human being's survival instinct. So Nabi Akram said, Aisha, no, the meaning of this hadith is before you depart from this world, Allah shows you your abode if you are good in Jannah. Before you die, Allah shows you abode in Jannah. That time you love to meet Allah, you don't want to stay in this world. It's not in your normal life. It is at the time of your death. Before your death, Allah shows you about that time. A person doesn't want to stay in this world. May Allah tell grant us all that particular status, inshallah. Now, the reason I'm making mention of this is, one day, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala noticed an incident. Abu Bakr came to knock. Nabi Karim Sallallahu was in a relaxed mood. And Nabi Karim Sallallahu lungim was lifted up closer towards his knee. And, you know, away, a little bit away from uh, the ankles. And Abu Bakr came and said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to come and visit you. Nabi Karim Sallallahu called him and Nabi Karim Sallallahu just stayed as he was and he spoke to Abu Bakr. Umar came, knocked on the door. Who is it? Umar. Umar come in. Nabi Karim Sallallahu gave him ijazat. And Nabi Karim Sallallahu spoke to him. And then after a while, the dog knocked again. Who is it? Uthman. And Nabi Karim Sallallahu was lying down. Nabi Karim Sallallahu got up, put his lungi right, put his kurta right. After putting all of that right, he then said, Um Uthman, come in. Aisha is witnessing. The moment they went away, Ya Rasulullah, Abu Bakr came, Omar came, you stayed the way you are. Uthman came and you put yourself in such a way, you put your kurta right, you put your lungi down. And Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, Why shouldn't I show modesty to the one whom even the angels show modesty in his presence? It was permissible for Nabi Sallallahu He was not uncovering those parts of the body which was for us to cover. It was permissible. But because the temperament of Uthman was towards modesty, Nabi Karim Sallallahu took into account his, his temperament. Let me conclude with one more incident. After the battle of Badr, Nabi Karim Sallallahu asked the Sahaba, what must we do with the prisoners? What must we do with the prisoners of war? Right? So there were two views. One that was championed by Nabi Karim Sallallahu and Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala and one was championed by Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and Sa'ad bin Mu'ad radiallahu ta'ala So Umar radiallahu ta'ala said, Ya Rasulullah, the first, the first war of Haqq and Batil between truth and falsehood we must set an example to show that these people of falsehood must not, they must not in any way, they must realize our resolve against batil. And we will remain firm on our resolve. Therefore, Ya Rasulullah, let the person who is closest to the prisoner execute him. Because there are people from Makkah who are in Medina, these are prisoners of war from Makkah, the one who is closest to him. In, in relationship, he must be the one to execute him. And Abu Bakr said, Ya Rasulullah, don't do that. Ya Rasulullah, these are our people. These are our, our relatives. If we show kindness to them now, we show compassion to them now, maybe inshallah in time to come, they will accept Islam. And if they don't accept Islam, their children will accept Islam. And it so happened. Many of them, in fact, majority of them accepted Islam. Right? This was the view of Abu Bakr. Now, you had these two views. Now, in today's time, perhaps what you would have done, 
no, this one is right, that one is wrong. This one is this one is harsh, this one is on haq, this one is on batil. That's what we have said, most likely. Look at this whole situation. What did Nabi Karim Sallallahu do? Nabi Karim Sallallahu called the Sahaba and said, Oh my Sahaba, you have different temperaments. You have different temperaments. Your temperament, oh, oh Umar, is like the temperament of Hazrat Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. You do not leave one single disbeliever alive in this world. Kill all of them. And O oh Umar, your example is like Hazrat Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. He made dua to Almighty Allah. Rabbanat misa amwalim washala kulubim fala yu'minu hatta yarawul adab al-alim. O Allah put a seal on their heart. They must not bring iman until he must not bring iman until he sees your punishment. This was, oh Umar, this is your example. Oh Abu Bakr, your example is like the example of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, who made dua, وَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي وَمَنْ عَسَانِي فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Oh Allah, whoever follows me from amongst my ummah, they are part of my ummah. وَمَنْ عَسَانِي whoever disbelieves in me, then you are still غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Woman Asani, whoever disobeys or is transgressor, you are still Ghafurur Rahim. Oh Abu Bakr, you are like Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Now all Ibrahims are like that. <laughs> so instead of making it uh, into a contention, just accept it. In the Ibrahim al-Halim. Ibrahim is the one who is full of kindness and compassion. Huh? And oh Abu Bakr, your example is like Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. If you punish my followers, they are your bondsmen, you can punish them. But if, if you want to, you can still forgive them. So, oh Abu Bakr, now look at this. Sometimes you and I, we don't understand. If your, if your temperament is more towards people who are like towards strictness, then go and follow them. But don't criticize the people who have a type of temperament. I mean, they are different temperaments. So sometimes, and this is, the, this is the tragedy of our age, that we don't understand the aspect of differences of opinion. Differences of opinion in the past have never ever been the bone of contention and had never been the point of hatred to one another. Nabi Akarim saw something and say, you are right and you are wrong. Your, your temperament is like this, your temperament is like that. And Nabi Akarim Sallallahu chose the temperament because as I have made mention during the course of my talk, that was the default position of Nabi Akarim Sallallahu towards kindness and compassion. Brothers, this is what I'm saying. If we want to be the, the one, you know, you, and also maybe, you know, this, we, 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 we underestimate what some, sometimes people call soft power. There is, a, there is a place for hard power. There is a place for, for jihad in, in Islam, which everyone knows about. We can't, we can't wipe it away from our fiqh. But in today's time, the soft power of Islam, the persuasive power of Islam, the way Nabi Akrim Sallallahu turned people by his, by his kindness, by his compassion. He came into Umratul Qadha, right? And Umratul Qadha, then we only came for three days, right? Because that was what was agreed upon in Treaty of Arabia. And he came and the first thing, among the first things he asked, he asked Walid bin Walid, Walid, where is your brother Khalid? Walid, where is your brother? Which Khalid? Khalid bin Walid, the one who was instrumental in the martyrdom of Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi uncle Hazrat Hamza, who turned the tables in the battle of Uhud. 
who turned a certain victory into a setback and a defeat for the Muslims. And Nabi Akram Sallallahu Alaihi said, Walid, where is your brother Khalid? Walid couldn't bring it to him to say, Ya Rasulullah, Khalid hates us so much that he couldn't even bear being in Makkah when we are here. He fled Makkah and he went away. And he said he will only come back after we are gone. That's what the type of situation that he had towards Muslims. Khalid bin Walid, Nabi Akram Sallallahu said, Oh Walid, send a message to your brother Khalid. Send a message to your brother Khalid. An intelligent person like him, a talented person like him, how can he remain neglectful about the beauty of our deen, the beauty of our teachings, the beauty of our morality, the beauty of our values? How can he as a talented and intelligent person be oblivious and neglectful of the beauty of our deen? Go and tell him that if he comes to us, we will respect him according to his status. We will, we will respect him according to his status. Hazrat Walid bin Walid writes a letter to, to his brother Khalid. Khalid, you are fleeing the Nabi. You are fleeing the Nabi. And this is what the Nabi of Allah had to say about you. You are fleeing that person about whom he has such great things to say about you. Huh? And Walid leaves, leaves the letter in Makkah and they go back to Medina. When Khalid bin Walid comes, he sees his brother's, you know, Walid bin Walid's letter. He reads it, he's taken aback. That this is the person whom I had caused so much harm to. And here he's saying such great words about me. My dear respected brothers, that particular sunnah of Nabi Akarim Sallallahu we are losing very, very fast. That Wahshi who killed Nabi Akarim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's uncle, and Nabi Akarim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam pleaded with him to become a Muslim. And he comes, eventually he agrees, the incident will take very long, it's such a beautiful incident, but time has elapsed. When he eventually comes to Nabi Akarim Sallallahu when he eventually comes to Medina Munawara, then too he is so afraid that he covers his whole face with a scarf, with a covering, that if perchance someone sees me before I come in the presence of Nabi Akarim Sallallahu they will kill me. And then when he is inside Majir Nabawi, then only he opens up his scarf and he opens up his covering. And then too when he comes and people see him in the Masjid and Nabawi, Ya Rasulullah, Wahshi, they take out their swords. Ya Rasulullah, this person has come. He's the one who killed your uncle. Ya Rasulullah, allow us to kill him. Nabi Akrim Sawasam said, hold on, hold on. And he calls Wahshi in front of him. And then he starts speaking to Wahshi. And the first question he asks, Wahshi, tell me how you killed my uncle. Wahshi, tell me how you killed my uncle. Ulama right, there was about seven years that had passed from that incident. The wound is still fresh. Washi, tell me how you kill my uncle. And Washi relates the incident. He said, I found it so difficult. And Nabi Akrim Sallallahu is tearing. Nabi Akrim Sallallahu is tearing while he's hearing about this whole incident. And then he tells Washi, Inna l-Islam yahdimu ma kana qabla. Oh Washi, Islam will wipe away everything that is done in the past. Allah will forgive your sins what you have done, even if it be killing my uncle, Hazrat Hamza radiallahu ta'ala. Allah will forgive you, but don't come in front of me. Every time I come in front, you come in front of me, I will be reminded about my uncle. Every time you come in front of me, Allah will forgive you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you, a, you know, forgive you and Allah ta'ala will grant you Jannah inshallah. Right? But don't come in front of me. Another lesson of Sirah. The cause of Islam is greater than your own personal emotions. This is what, these are the, this is what we are supposed to learn from Sirah. 
The cause of Islam is greater than your own personal emotions. Take away your personal, personal likes and dislikes. Take away your personality clashes and look at the broader picture of the beauty of Islam and the benefit of Islam. Leave your personality, likes and dislikes away. Look at what is, what is beneficial for the deen. And Nabi Karim taught us through the means of Hazrat Wahshi, I mean, radiallahu ta'ala's incident. These are the type of things that you and I have to learn. And that I'm saying, and I would plead with people in conclusion, that let us make a firm commitment that we are going to learn about the life of Nabi Karim I find it very amazing. I, I teach a little bit of Sirah to students. And although there are people who come to teach and to learn deen, I had asked them so many times when they come to learn deen, and I teach them Sirah and lessons from Sirah, right? And I asked them, that, did you read a book on the life of Nabi Karim Sallallahu And every time I have asked my the class who have come to learn deen, I have never got a positive reply. People who are coming to learn deen have not read a, a book on the life of Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who is the fountainhead of our deen. And you have not read a book about Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I went to study when I was the age of 12. Before the age of 12, that time they used to have a 15 series of books, 15 books on the heroes of Islam. It used to be very popular in the late 60s. Before the age of 12, I finished reading all 15 of them. And here, someone coming to deal say they have not read one book on the life of Nabi Karim Sallallahu So let us make a commitment that we will read about our beloved Nabi Sallallahu with the intention not only to know about the history, but to inculcate the life lessons of our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu in our life, to be able to illuminate our life. Will we all do that, inshallah? Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Jazakumullah khair, Ibrahim, for those inspiring words. And I'm not going to take time, but I think to sum up, it's two things. One is that we put the love of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam above all else. Like Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu said to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, it will make me more happy for Abu Talib to accept Islam than for Abu Qahafa to accept Islam. It will make me more happy for your uncle to accept Islam than for my own father to accept Islam. That is putting the love of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam above all else. And secondly, I think what Moana said to sum up, Sahaba radiallahu anhum were fortunate enough to protect the that of Nabuwat. We don't have that opportunity, but we have the opportunity to protect the sifat of Nabuwat. All those qualities that Moana spoke about, those are the sifat. Whether it's in ibadat, whether it's in akhlaqiyat, whether it's in ma'amulat, whether it's in whatever, those sifat, we have that responsibility to fulfill and to protect those sifat. In our love for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with sincerity and with truthfulness, inshallah, on behalf of the Springs Islamic Institute and the community of Bakerton, we would like to say Jazakumullahu khair to Qari Tahir, as well as Mali Ibrahim sir for coming all the way from Johannesburg during the curfew. We'll make sure you get home before 12, inshallah. Uh, Jazakallah for coming to our little town, always appreciative, and let's does not be the last time. Let this not be the last time. Inshallah, you are always welcome in our town, and we hope that you will come here without our invite also sometimes. 
and as a token of appreciation, inshallah, the community on behalf of Springs Islamic Institute and the Muslim School has prepared this little gift. It's not sufficient, I don't know. Who must I give the gold to and who must I give the silver to? When we go around in maktabs and schools, we try to encourage them not to have first, second and third awards. Now we're going to give gold and silver, but uh, you'll get the silver. I got uh, good memories of this place. I used to come here uh, in the late 60s and spend holidays in this place. This budget is something that I came very often uh, by the Aswats I used to come. And uh, may Allah Ta'ala, those who have passed on from the family, may Allah Ta'ala fill the cover with Noor, those who are still alive, Year, or I used to come to this place and uh, still have very fond memories of this place. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep the people who are here and all the people and all the ummah. May Allah ta'ala grant us proper love of our beloved Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala give us the ability to follow the sunnah of our beloved Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in all its dimensions, inshallah. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyana wa Mawlana Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam. تباركت ربنا وتعاليت هذا الجلال والكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الملك كله ولك الشكر كله وإليك يرجع العمر كله بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك يا الله يا أرحم الراحمين فقيبا وشورك من زي الله إلا شوى أسوث يوم أسي أن يبلسن زي الله يا الله أو جنازة مني يا الله أو سمزة مني يا الله Ya Allah, your maghfirat is even more than that, Ya Allah. Allahumma maghfiratuka awsa'u min dunubina. Wa rahmatuka arja indana min amalina. Ya Allah, deal with us in accordance with your sifat and your qualities of mercy and forgiveness. And Ya Allah, do not deal with us in accordance with our worth, for we are worthless, Ya Allah. Forgive all our sins that we have committed, those in broad daylight, in the darkness of the night, those intentionally, unintentionally, those done deliberately, those done out of ignorance, Ya Allah, forgive all our sins. Ya Allah, your beloved Habib has made mention, Ya Allah, that those who feel regretful with regard to their sins, even if their sins reaches the extent of the foam in the ocean, Ya Allah, whose sins can be so many, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but if they turn towards you in repentance and they turn to you with, in regret, Ya Allah, with what they have done, Ya Allah, then you would also forgive them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, today we are not proud with regard to any wrong that we have done. Ya Allah, any wrong that we have done, Ya Allah, we are regretful of that way. Ya Allah, we ask of you your forgiveness. Whatever wrong that we have done, Ya Allah, sometimes we do not know even with regard to the wrongs that we have done. We ask of you your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask of you your assistance to obey your commands, to stay away from your prohibitions. We cannot do so on our own. Ya Allah, keep us steadfast on Islam. Allahumma ahfazna bil Islami qa'imah, wa ahfazna bil Islami qa'idah, wa ahfazna bil Islami raqidah. Ya Allah, protect us upon Islam while standing, while sitting down, while reclining, Ya Allah. And Ya Allah, keep us steadfast upon this Islam and deen till the day we leave this world. And when we leave this world, let us leave with a kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, make all the affairs of the year after easy for us, Ya Allah. Hasbi Allahu indal mizan, hasbi Allahu indal maut, hasbi Allahu indal mizan, hasbi Allahu indal sirat. حزبي الله لا إله إلا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم إن يا الله individually and collectively whatever type of difficulty the ummah is facing يا الله remove those difficulty يا الله يا 
Allah, whatever type of ambition people have, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, you grant them that ambition, ambition, Ya Allah. You grant them that, that pious and that ambition which is halal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, in this gathering, Ya Allah, each and everyone has some ambition that they have. Ya Allah, you are the one who fulfill the ambitions of people, Ya Allah. Fulfill each and everyone's ambition which is permitted, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, each and everyone has challenges. You know the challenges more than anyone else, Ya Allah. Whatever the challenges, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, you remove those challenges, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in difficulty, remove the difficulty. Ya Allah, those who are in need of risk, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, grant them risk halal. Ya Allah, during this particular type of situation, many people have faced difficulty with regard to risk, Ya Allah, with regard to the employment, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whoever has had any type of difficulty in this regard, Ya Allah, you grant them easy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant them halal risk, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in need of getting married, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, grant them compatible spouses. Ya Allah, those who are married, Ya Allah, and their marital life is not happy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant them happiness and understanding and tolerance in their marital life. Ya Allah, those who do not have children, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant them pious children, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those of us who have children, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we cannot police and protect our children 24 hours a day, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask of you, Ya Allah, you protect our children, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protects us and our children from violent deaths. Ya Allah, you protect us and our children from accidents. Ya Allah, you protect us and our children from any types of calamities, both in this world and in the year after, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us goodness in each and every one of our endeavors, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we cannot exist in this world. Ya Allah, we cannot go forward. We cannot do anything without your assistance, without your guidance, without your protection. Therefore, we ask of you in conclusion, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, do not leave us for a moment without your assistance, without your guide, without your protection, without your covering over us, Ya Allah. قال الله تعالى في شان حبيبه إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم سبحان ربنا رب العزة عما يصفون وسلامنا للمرسلين والحمد لله رب Broadcasting live from the East End. This is Sirius FM. 24 hours a day sharing the peace and light of Islam www.suriusfm.net